Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Welcome back, ladies, to another episode of the Story Night Podcast. I'm very excited tonight to introduce you to our youngest Story Night speaker. Uh, Very often, I think we get the idea that you have to be decades and decades into your life before you have a story to share. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes even our, our youngest women have already been through quite a bit. And even though their stories are nowhere near finished, there is great value in hearing from what they've already learned and what God has already done in their lives. So our guest today is Carly, and I got to meet Carly when I was teaching kindergarten over at one of our local elementary schools. So we just connect because teachers connect. We we have a, you know, there's a special teacher bond there, and she is just the light of her students' life, I can tell you that. And I this is audio only, and I'm so sorry you can't see her face because if you could, you would just be smiling the whole time. She's just a ray of sunshine. So with that introduction, (laughs) Carly, welcome to the podcast. And would you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Wow. Thank you for that introduction. That was so nice. (laughs) So like Jessica said, my name is Carly. I teach first grade here in McMinnville and I was born and raised in Newburgh. So I'm pretty local and I'm so excited to be on this podcast and share my story. I was telling Jessica I'm a little nervous. I think for a lot of women, it's hard to talk about ourselves. So this is kind of an exciting new challenge for me, but I'm really excited. So thank you for having me. I am so I just I just start smiling every time I get to talk with you. I was just there's something you just exude cheerfulness. I love it. <laughs> thank so, you. Um but I, I know that we've life lately has not been all sunshine and cheer, especially as a teacher. How have you been doing personally? Yeah, this time has been really challenging for me as a teacher and I think for all teachers right now. For me, I love the relationships I build with students and it's been really difficult because I can't be there and I can't see their faces and, you know, touch their hands. And so it's been really challenging for me to feel like I've been successful at my job, but we, you know, we're getting through it. We're working together. I'm so thankful for my coworkers and my team and we keep in contact. I have a lot of amazing coworkers and we're all getting through it together. So, but it has been a challenge and being a newer teacher, it's also a little like, crazy. I already don't know what I'm doing half the time. And now I really don't know what I'm doing. So, (laughs) but luckily I have a lot of good friends that help me. Well, I I know your students adore you and I love getting to hear how they are doing because many of your first graders were, were my little kinders last year. So it's been, it's been special. I know they're, they're very blessed. They've got an awesome teacher. and. them. They, they make my job so much better. First grade is pretty spectacular. I, I taught first grade for eight years and just wouldn't trade those those years for anything. They're awesome. Well, I know you have quite a bit to your life story before you became a first grade teacher. So I wanted to ask you to dive in and I'm going to have you dive in probably at an earlier stage than almost anyone who tells their life story. Basically, your miracle life story starts a little bit before you were even 
conceived. And so with that, yeah. <laughs> let's dive in. Oh, thank you. So um, what Jessica is talking about is I was conceived through IVF. My parents struggled to get pregnant with me and my grandma, my father's mom, her name was Doris and she paid for all of it, which I know my parents were so thankful for that. And it was such a long journey for them. And so luckily they were able to be successful with all the procedures and everything went smoothly. My mom had kind of a hard pregnancy. She was in the hospital a lot, but thankfully everything happened okay and I'm here. But unfortunately my grandma that paid for everything, she actually passed away before I was born when my mom was pregnant with me. So her name was Doris Jean, and I'm named Carly Jean after her. So I never got to meet her, but, you know, she's the reason I'm here. So I'm so <laughs> thankful for her and for that, which is amazing. But, yeah, so that's before I was born. I was born in Newburgh, like I said, born and raised. I have one older brother named Robbie, and, yeah, we lived out on this farm, out in the country. We had a great life. I have an amazing family, not only my immediate family, but my extended family. I have a huge, huge family. They're actually, the majority of them are Mormon. And so my starting with my grandparents, they have five kids. And then out of those five kids, they all have families of their own. So there's 18 grandkids, which I am one of. And then a lot of my cousins are older and have spouses and have families. So now there are, I think, 27 great grandkids in my family. So I, I just have this huge, crazy family that I'm so blessed to have and so thankful for. And they're a huge part of my life and a huge part of my story. And growing up, I always spent time with them. Most of them live in Oregon. So I have a lot of family. Growing up, I had a lot of friends. I was also a figure skater growing up, which people don't really know about me. <laughs> I actually was a competitive figure skater for 14 years. And so I skated in Sherwood. I made a lot of friends doing that. We you know, were together every single day. And my coaches are like my other moms. I I still talk to them and I'm so blessed to have them in my lives. And skating is a big part of my life, even though I don't do it anymore. I think it's taught me a lot of hard work and dedication. And so that is a big part of my life and who I am today. So yeah, I, I had a very happy childhood. Like Jessica said, I'm a pretty happy, bubbly person just naturally. As a kid, I was the same, just this little bouncing blonde girl who was all happy to meet everybody. But then when I was nine years old, summer after third grade, my dad had a heart attack suddenly and passed away just out of the blue. And I was nine, my brother was 12. And it was just, I mean, crushing. It's crushing to lose anybody in your life, but especially a father and especially at such a young age, it was just like, you don't know how to feel. I, I remember not really understanding what's going on. And I just, I was such a daddy's girl. I remember just being like, what do you mean I don't come home and my dad's not there every day, you know? And so it was just heartbreaking and just so sad. And actually, when I was kind of reflecting on my life before this podcast and reflecting on that time in my life, a lot of those memories are like gone from my brain. I like kind of blacked out, which I know trauma does that to people. And so that is something I'm still working through. But 
I do have a few like pretty significant memories of that time. And I'd like to share them with you guys. One of them was, I remember after my dad died, maybe a week later, we were all with family, of course, and family was just this huge support for me and my brother and my mom. And I remember they, all the men in my family, they kind of came around me and they, I sat in the middle of them and they all put their hands on my head and they blessed me. Just all these, you know, strong father figures in my life. And that was so impactful because I didn't have my dad, but I had all of these fathers in my life that I knew would be there for me. And sorry, I'm getting emotional because it is such a, such an important memory to me. And they were just there for me and they lifted me up and they just blessed over me. And I just knew I'm going to be okay. I don't have my dad, but I have these dads and um, they're going to be here for me and I'm going to be okay. So my family was a huge support during that time. And it was hard, like losing any family member. It was hard. The other memory I have for that time is kind of more of a happy memory. I don't remember how long after, maybe a week or two weeks after my dad died, but it was in the summer and three of my old teachers showed up at my house with my best friend. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, it's summertime. What are these teachers doing at my house? They're not working. And they just came to say hi. They picked me up. They took me and my best friend out for lunch and we just hung out and just had this amazing day together. And I thought, this is so cool. Like I'm hanging out with these teachers outside of school. Like who does that? <laughs> and it was just got me away from home, got me away from everything going on. And it just made me feel so happy and so loved. And I still to this day, I thank them because they are the reasons I'm a teacher today. Truly, they have made such an impact in my life and showed me what it means to be a teacher and be there for your students and for our community. And so I thank them because they, they are the reason I'm a teacher. So yeah, my dad died in the summer. There was a lot of changes in my life after that, which is hard for a kid, not only losing her dad, but then having a single mom and having your mom have to work full time to provide. And she's such a rock star superhero. I love her to death, but she worked hard and she was gone a lot. And so that was a big adjustment. We had to sell our house that I loved. I loved living out in the country. I just, I loved my house. We had to sell it because we could no longer take care of it. So we moved into the city and we had to sell our cars and just get a new car. And I remember just little things like that were just so heartbreaking to me because I didn't want any more change. There was just so much change for a little kid and I didn't want that. So things were finally starting to go back to normal. I was back at school and I loved school because that was the only safe and normal place for me. I could be with my friends. I could learn. Um, my teacher, she was amazing and she showed me so much love, but she also treated me like a normal student. And, you know, I didn't want any special treatment. I remember I would get so upset when people would feel bad for me or do things for me because they were felt sorry that I my dad died. 
And I didn't like that. I didn't want people to feel guilty for me. I didn't like that. I have this distinct memory of our school got remodeled and there was this big grand opening and the principal was so nice, bless his heart. He chose me to, you know, cut the ribbon, do the grand opening. And I remember thinking, well, he only chose me because he feels bad for me because my dad died. And I did not like that. I was like, I I don't want people to have that perspective of me, like this sad little girl who lost her dad. And so starting at a young age, I would kind of mask my feelings and not tell people how I felt. I just wanted to go back to being this happy, bubbly, fun little girl who everyone loved to be around. So I I did start to mask my feelings, which is something I still do to this day, but I'm working on. We're all working on things. <laughs> I'm working on showing my all my emotions, not just my happy ones. So about six months later, after my dad passed away, my cousin Drew, who was a senior in high school, he actually grew up in McMinnville, uh, he had meningococcal meningitis and passed away overnight. And he was 18 years old, six months after my dad died. And so it was just like, another big hit for my family just like again seriously like this time it was way way different because it was my cousin not my dad but my family I remember it was so hard so hard for my aunt losing her son and just you know it a huge loss in my family and I just remember thinking, why? Why us? This just happened to us six months ago. I just lost my dad six months ago and things were just going back to normal. And now I'm losing my cousin. How is that fair? Like, this isn't how life is supposed to work. All my friends have these happy lives with all their dads and all their cousins. And why am I losing everyone? And so that was hard. But again, I had my family and we all kind of rallied together and we grieved together and we got through it together. And so, like I said, I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful for them. Another thing that happened around this time when I was growing up was my older brother. He really struggled. I mean, we all struggled with the loss of my dad, but he had some mental illnesses he was also dealing with. At a young age, he was diagnosed with ADD and anxiety and depression. And more recently, he was diagnosed with bipolar. So he dealt with the loss of my father a lot differently than I did. And that was hard because he needed a lot of love and a lot of support, of course, and so did I. And it was so, I remember it was so hard for my mom to see my brother just struggling like he was. And so I remember feeling like I need to, I need to be a good girl. I need to um, be happy and strong for my mom because I don't want her to worry about both of us. And I don't want Robbie to feel like, you know, I'm sad for him. I I need to just be happy and strong. And so that goes back to, again, me kind of masking my feelings and hiding them because I want other people to be happy and I don't want other people to worry about me. And, and so my brother, he he's worked so hard and worked through some of these illnesses that, you know, a lot of people deal with and he's still dealing with today. And they're so hard and he's worked really hard and we're so proud of him. But it's just, it showed me that everyone deals with loss differently and it's going to be different for everyone and that's okay. So 
there's kind of about my childhood. Overall, though, when I look back at my childhood, I don't see sadness. I don't see grief. I see love and I see happiness and just support through my family. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I have all these happy memories and I don't think of sadness when I think of my childhood. When I was little, though, and I lost my dad, I did feel extreme sadness. It, it was just that's the only emotion I can remember feeling was sad. And then when I got a little older, like in my teen years, I was mad. I remember feeling so angry, like, why do my friends have dads and I don't? And why I would go to my friend's house and they would like yell at their dads, you know, like typical teens. And I'd get so mad. I'd be like, you have a dad. Why are you yelling at him? (laughs) Like, I don't have a dad. I would do anything to have a dad. And here you are just arguing with your dad, rolling your eyes. And I remember just feeling like it's just so unfair. It's unfair that I have a mom that has to work all the time to support us and I never get to see her. And yeah, I was just angry. And then as I kept getting older and still to this day, it's kind of like, you know, I've accepted it and I've dealt with it. But now to me, it feels like I struggle a little bit with this self-identity because I was so young when I lost my dad and I felt like I didn't truly get to know him and I don't truly know who my dad was and I know he's a part of me. So then that makes me feel like, well, do I even know who I am? Where do I come from and all this stuff? And so as a 24 year old woman, that's something I'm working on too, is just kind of finding myself, finding my identity hearing stories about my dad and trying to figure out more of he was because I have all these memories of him. I I had nine years with him, but nine years out of 24 is not a lot of time. And so I'm, I love getting together with people who knew my dad, people who worked with him, his family members, and just hearing these stories of him, me trying to get to know him more because I truly felt like I didn't get that chance. So that is something I'm working on today. And I remember I started to feel those feelings when I went to college and, you know, people go to college and it's all this like self-identity, who am I? And (laughs) that's when I started having those feelings. So in college, I went to Linfield College in McMinnville. I went to pursue education. I've always known I wanted to be a teacher since I had these amazing teachers. And also I have this huge family with all these little kids and I loved being around the kids and I just felt happy and I knew like this is what I need in life. I need to be a teacher. That is my calling. That is, I truly feel like it's like my purpose. Like this is what I'm meant to be. So I went to college. I made so many friends. I loved my time at college. I started getting into education and volunteering and everything was great. I was giving back to the community. And then it was just kind of like another big hit in my life. And I was 20. So I, I was a sophomore in college. And my friend Madison, who I grew up with figure skating with, she was diagnosed with cancer. And I wish I could tell you the type of cancer, but it's very rare and very long name. But pretty much she had a tumor behind her right eye, kind of in her nasal passage. And it hadn't got to her brain yet, so that was super great. 
they caught it pretty early, which was super hopeful. And so I was dealing with my friend being sick. I would go with her to chemo treatments. I'd visit her all the time. And it's so, so hard to see someone you love be sick and just not themselves. It just totally changed her because she was so sick, obviously. And then, and then she got better. She was in remission. Everything was so great. You know, all our prayers came true. And at this point in my life, I was still in college. I was off to study abroad. I think a few days before I left for my study abroad, I um, went with her to her last chemo appointment and it was just so great. And so then I left to go to Costa Rica for a semester. And while I was in Costa Rica, her cancer came back. And this time it was worse. It was in her brain and her spinal cord. And I was in a different country. There was nothing I could do. And I was, I felt so guilty because here I am in this beautiful country, seeing all these beautiful animals and people and getting to know this culture and language and I'm having the time of my life and here's my friend who I can't be there for. I can't support her, you know, struggling with this terrible, terrible disease. And so I would FaceTime and do as much as I could. My mom would go to the hospital so I could FaceTime her and all this stuff. So I would write her letters and I did as much as I felt like I could, but it was just this guilty feeling like I I can't be there. And I remember I said, mom, I want to come home. I need to come home from Costa Rica. I need to be there for her. And she said, no, you know, you don't. This is where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be in Costa Rica. You're supposed to be learning this lesson. And like, God has you there for a reason. And you know, this is how it's supposed to be right now. And you'll come back when you come back and everything will be great. So I came back and Madison was still struggling with the the cancer battle and going to chemo and radiation and all this stuff. But unfortunately, by the time I got back, it had gotten so much in her brain. She wasn't the same person. She didn't remember me. She didn't you know, know who I was. And she just was not Madison anymore. And um, shortly after I got back from Costa Rica, she passed. And I remember thinking, God did this on purpose, like my mom's right. And she waited for me to say goodbye. And I was so thankful for that. And it was just this another, another huge loss in my life. But this was so different because with my dad, you know, I was a kid and I didn't understand and I had, it was just out of the blue and I had this, my family to kind of raise me up. But this time it was like this slow burning roller coaster where you're like, what's going to happen? Is she going to be okay? And then, oh, she's okay. And now she's not. And, and it was just so such a different feeling. And I knew, you know, this is just another lesson for me. This is another way to make myself stronger. And it was way harder this time. One of the hardest parts about grieving Madison was that I was experiencing this huge loss and the world around me was just going on and moving forward. And my friends in college were still going out and having fun and dating. And I was just stuck. Like, why is nobody noticing? Why is nobody stopping? And understanding this grief I'm going through. And it was just so different. And it, I really just had to find the strength 
in myself. And really, it was the first time I really found strength in God because I needed him. I needed him so much. I needed him to help me get through the day and wake up in the morning and go to work and go to school and and find this just everyday strength to be the person I wanted to be and be the person that all of these people that I've lost, I always think, who would they want me to be? And I needed him to just give me this. He gave me a lot of grace, which is so, I love the word grace. And just, I try and give everyone grace because I know that I have been given so much grace and I've made mistakes and everything hasn't been perfect, but I really relied on my relationship with God to just help me through this. And I, of course I had my family, but this was a little different because I was at college and I wasn't with them every day. And it's hard. It's a little, I guess, different around my family because like I mentioned, the majority of my family is Mormon and I was raised around that, but I was never part of the church. I was never baptized. My mom was raised Mormon, but she had stopped going to church and stopped practicing when she was in college, which is actually kind of funny because she went to BYU. <laughs> but it was at that point where she kind of left the church for her own reasons. And so I was raised around this with these really strong morals and values and this huge presence of God in our household. And, you know, we prayed all the time. But when I would lean on my family for something like this, they would want me to go to church with them. And I didn't necessarily want to go to that church. I would want to go to a different church. And so that was another thing that I had to just pray about, like, what is the right thing to do here? I want to respect my family. And, but I also want to do what's best for me. And so that is something I'm still working on. And, you know, I I definitely feel like I have this amazing relationship with God and I know how I'm able to serve him and all these things, but I'm still working on, well, what does that look like in my everyday life? And what does this look like? How do I approach this with my family? And so that is, that is that. (laughs) I don't know what else to say about that. Sorry. So moving on to, I guess, more happier things, I then graduated from college, from Linfield College, and I got a job teaching first grade, and it was, that was this other really eye-opening experience where I was like, this is my plan, and this is my purpose that God has given me, because I was struggling to find a job, actually, and I would pray on it all the time, like, please let somebody see that I'm going to be this great teacher and I'm going to care about these kids. And I, I would ask my grandpa, who is just like the most holy religious man I've ever met. And I would say, please pray for me about my job. I just, I want someone to see my potential. And I remember I had this job interview and I thought, this is it. This felt right. This is what I've been praying for. These are my, my prayers are coming true. And then I didn't get the job. And I was like, crushed. And I thought, you know, why? What is the lesson you're trying to teach me here? I I don't get it. And then shortly after that, I got called for an interview where I teach now and I got the job. And when I got the job, I asked what room I would be in. And they told me, and it was just kind of this aha moment because I realized that was the the room I was in my freshman year of college, the, my first volunteer experience at the school, 
I volunteered in that classroom and I replaced the teacher that I volunteered for. And so it was this like full circle moment, like, ah, okay, I see what you're doing here. I see what you did. This is how it was meant to be. And this was my plan all along. And I think ever since then, I've just been, I've loved my school. I love where I fit in. And I just, I know I was meant to be there. I think the school needed me. I think those kids needed me. I needed them just as much. They have taught me so much about my job and my love for teaching. And I, I think I said this earlier, but I really think like that's my purpose in life. And that's what God wants me to do. He wants me to teach and he wants me to serve my community and those around me through loving these children and teaching them and having them grow up to do the same for their own kids. And I I really think that that's my just purpose in life. And I have been so lucky to meet so many amazing people through my work and through my job and like Jessica (laughs) and just have made so many connections that have just made my life so much better. And like Jessica said, I am young. I'm only 24. (laughs) And so a lot of my life story is still being written. And I'm really excited for that. And I know that there's still going to be heartbreak in my life. There's still going to be grief and loss. And it's not going to be happy and, you know, great like I want it to be all the time. But because of what has happened in my life, I know I can get through it. And I know that I have people around me and relationships and prayer that will be able to lead me through it. So I, as I go on with my life, I know like I'm ready. I'm ready for these challenges. I'm ready. And it'll be hard, but I know it. I know I can do it because I've done it in the past and I know it'll be different, but I, I'm ready for it, I guess. (laughs) Yes, I think you are ready. And Carly, I just love your attitude. You have so much more than just a positive attitude. You have a joyful attitude and that's an attitude fueled by God. As you've been sharing your story, a few thoughts came to my mind. The first is about the tremendous amount of support you've had. I just love what your teachers did for you and and what an impact they had. And also what a blessing to have had such strong relationships with your family, especially considering the differences in your family's religious beliefs. I know many listeners have family members whose views on religion, faith, God, etc. are different, or sometimes even in complete conflict with their own, and that can easily strain or even destroy those relationships. So... It's just wonderful that you've experienced so much love and support through your story and and through your grief. The second thing that came to mind as you were sharing your story is about spiritual mentorship. I just love getting to hear the heart of a young woman who is growing in her relationship with God. Maybe as you're listening to Carly, you're thinking of another young woman that you know in your life, and this is inspired you to reach out to her and begin a very special mentoring relationship. We have an amazing program at Calvary Mac and all the details are in the episode notes. Even if you live out of state, reach out. We'll we'll help you get connected wherever you are. And to everyone listening, I encourage you to think of a special woman in your life, older or younger, and invite her for tea or coffee and just ask to hear her life story. Carly, I love what you said about listening to people share stories about your dad and 
and what a gift that was to you. And I, I hope that encourages listeners to do the same. So this weekend is Father's Day weekend, and I know that brings a lot of different emotions. The women listening have a variety of feelings and experiences regarding the word father. Some listeners have had a wonderful, beautiful relationship with their dads and other father figures in their life. Others have had strained or deeply broken relationships, and others haven't had a relationship at all. And regardless of what your personal experiences are with the word father, we want you to know that you're not alone and that no matter where you are in your life, you have a father in heaven who is perfect and who loves you. So Carly, you shared about the grief of not having your father here on earth. I wanted to ask you about your heavenly father. How did he meet your needs? How did he fill the void and Can you tell us about your relationship with your heavenly father as your life moved on without your earthly father? Yeah. So one thing that I think of when I think of just the word father, I think of love and I just think of guidance and support and all three of those things my heavenly father has given me. He's shown me so much love and he's guided me through the hardest times of my life and he supported me and So even though I've not had a father on earth, I have my heavenly father to give me those things. And I'm so grateful for that. And the other thing I'm so grateful for is all these hardships in my life. He has given me ways to get through it. He has given me a mother who is able to work so hard to support me and be my best friend and be this strong role model for me. And I know that that was purposeful. Like, He gave me those things so I could get through these hardships. And he gave me other strong male role models in my life to show me what what does it look like to be a male, a strong male, and to be a father and to work hard and things like that. And so I thank him all the time. I, I have so many blessings that I thank him for. And he has really given me so much love. I when I think of my life, I think of love. And I, I know I'm loved by my heavenly father. And at times I want to be mad and I want to blame him. Like, why did you take away these people in my life? But I know it's for this greater purpose in my life. And I know that he loves me and it, that's how my plan was supposed to be. And it's not over. My journey's not over. There's still going to be things that I'm going to say, why'd you do this? But I know that in the end, it's, because he loves me and I need to feel his love and feel his strength and feel those from those around me too. There's so many people in my life that show so much of God's love. And I love to be around those people like Jessica and a lot of my family members. I mean, seriously, I, there's just some people where you can just feel this love coming off of them and just feel it just feels good to be around. And I know that those kind of people I'm meant to be around and they're meant to show me love and happiness. And well, I have to say you are a hundred percent one of those people that just, as I said, you just exude cheerfulness. You exude love and people want to be around you. And that was one of the reasons why I sort of went off script a little to have a young lady in her twenties on this because I feel like so many people just hear your voice and they they feel cheerfulness. And I just thought, 
this would be so so nice. Let's let's have Carly's voice on here so that we can we can have some just sort of pick up some of your 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 cheer. It's contagious. And well, I want to I want to thank you for that because when people do see me, you know, they do see just this girl who's happy all the time and I don't always get a chance to share some of the harder things that have happened in my life and people who don't know me don't always know that these things have happened to me. So Thank you for letting me share and sorry if I was a little all over the place. That's kind of how my brain works too. I, I just go with it. So, yeah, I do want to thank you because even the happiest people have had hardships. And so it's important that we talk about them and that we share them. And I'm trying to work on sharing these unhappy emotions that I don't always like showing. But I know it's important to show all my emotions. Well, I so appreciate that. And you remind me in, in some ways of uh, Judy, who shared her story on episode uh, 13. And she's somebody who's talk, who can talk about just the most awful tragedies. And her voice has so much joy in it. And, you know, she's had decades more to her life. But that joy is so, so evident. And it's just, it's wonderful to see young women with that kind of joy, because I know God has put those, those seeds of joy in you, and he's going to continue growing them, and that there's so much more. And who knows, maybe, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, we'll still have the podcast going, we'll have to bring you back for a, an update. <laughs> I would love that. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to pray for you. Carly, as we close, and I wanted to pray for all of the women who maybe could identify with you from maybe, you know, having the loss of a relationship with their father, for whatever reason, however that looks like, for uh, just dealing with grief, and, and also just the family relationships how how they're so special and they're so strong and especially at a time like now where I know so many people are so divided and they're divided over politics and they're divided over religion and they're divided over the whole laundry list goes on and I appreciate how much you you love your family even when there are differences within religious viewpoints and and so forth that that we are called to love each other. We're called to be there with our with our friends and our family and that that's a beautiful thing. So with Father's Day in mind, and with all the hard and beautiful emotions that that can bring, I just wanted to pray for you and all of our listeners as we close. Father, we get to call you Father, and we get to call you Abba Father, this beautiful term of endearment where you are not only the king of our world, but also our daddy, and we can come to you as your daughters and ask you for help and tell you our needs. And we can be really honest, like Carly and so many other women to say, I, I don't get it all the time. Why? Why are you doing this? And, and this is hard. And I'm not understanding. But I will keep talking to you. And I will keep coming to you. And I will grow in my love for you, grow in my trust for you. And so Jesus, I want to bring Carly to you and all of the women who have suffered some kind of grief related to their father. And we know that that could look a million different ways. And for those women who have some kind of hurt, some kind of pain or sting around Father's Day, God, would you show up in a way bigger than you ever have before in their lives? Because you are the ultimate 
perfect father, the father who will never abandon us, the father who will never let us down, the father who loves unconditionally, perfectly every moment of our lives. And just as Carly is this miracle baby that came through an extremely painful and hard journey of infertility and and how you worked through IVF to bring her here, you had a plan for her life far before her parents ever had the diagnosis. And you have a plan for the rest of her life. You've already worked in her life so much in these first couple of decades, and there's more to come. So we just bless her and ask for your grace on her and for every other woman who identifies and relates, Lord. And also, Jesus, we just want to thank you for those who are feeling great joy during this time, during the Father's Day uh, season, and those that are just celebrating God. Would you remind us to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice? And we are just so grateful for this opportunity to share our stories from women of all ages and life stages, because every story has value and you are the author of each one. And we just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Carly, I am so appreciative of your time being our youngest speaker. <laughs> I love it. so honored. <laughs> Thank you. I really, I really appreciate it. And, you know, we're in our last maybe minute here. Is there any final word of kind of hope or encouragement that you might want to give to girls of all ages, women of all ages who are suffering grief? Yeah, I think grief presents itself different for everybody. But I do think that if you rely on your Heavenly Father, and if you rely on the people around you, you will be able to get through it. And you'll be able to be stronger and better and learn lessons in the process. And at some points, I'm even thankful for the losses I've had. And so, you know, even if you're feeling such extreme loss right now, just know that one day it will be okay. And with every loss and every sad moment, there's going to be an even better moment, an even higher high than your lowest lows. And just when you are feeling those extreme feelings of happiness, cherish them and hold on to those forever and try and find happiness in everywhere you go and everybody you see and everything you do. That's my best advice, I guess. <laughs> Well, you definitely are a model of that. And, and I really appreciate that you noted that even, even the people who seem like the happiest all the time have stories of suffering as well. And that we need to, we need to remember that. And it, and it's okay. And if you are somebody who has the reputation of being happy and joyful all the time, it's okay if you're not happy sometimes. It's okay. God cries with you and he yeah. rejoices with you. Yes. And I encourage people to get to know everybody's story, like what you're doing, Jessica, because you learn so much about people and you learn so much about yourself too, by sharing stories. So I encourage everyone to dig deeper. I love it. And with that, we are going to say goodnight and invite you back next week for another story to get to know another woman. Thank you again, Carly. Thank you everybody for listening. And hopefully we'll, we'll have you back next time. Good night, y'all. Good night. The Story Night Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women. Mm-hmm.